Welcome to Hamdom Thoughts, a podcast about ham radio, electronics, software, and tinkering. I'm your host, Dennis, FCC licensed amateur extra radio operator, call sign AD6DM. Today, in episode 14, I'm excited to talk with Sterling, call sign N0SSC. Sterling is one of the younger OMs I know a 20-something extra-class millennial ham. He's an RF engineer, the co-founder of Youngsters on the Air America, and president of the Young Amateurs Radio Club. Sterling is a man with a mission to ensure that this hobby lives on. And we get to hear more about how he's going about it and possibly how you can get involved. Stay tuned. Hey, Sterling. Great to have you on the podcast. How are you doing today? I'm awesome. Thanks for having me on. It's a, it's a pleasure. Yeah, it's, uh, it's really cool. I was on your YouTube channel just uh, the past few days. I noticed that you have some cool things going on there now, and even something where you're holding a soldering iron up to your <laughs> face, and it's a, it's a classic thumbnail. It says... Uh, that you're premiering that soon. That's that's pretty cool. By the time everyone I, hears this, you will have premiered that. But I just got a good laugh seeing that. <laughs> yeah, I try to. One of the things I do with that channel is just the most funny things. And and when you said holding a soldering iron, I I thought for a second you were mentioning the time where I grabbed a soldering iron by the hot side. Oh no! On one of Kyle <laughs> AA zero Z uh, one of our build streams. <laughs> it was, and it was it on. Hurt. It was hot. It was, well, I, I had it like stuck in part way. I didn't like put the iron in the holder all the way. And so when I went to grab it, the oh, place where I grabbed was like the, the barrel of the iron instead nice. of the handle. So it went, it singed so a little. You, uh, I didn't get too bad of a burn, but you, you could see the recording. And, there, huh? and yeah, that, and that's just kind of the dumb <laughs> stuff I like to leave in, you know, in, in these videos and, and make somebody laugh out there because ham great. radio is a lot of fun. And that's, that's why I do it. Yes. Actually, uh, I remember a stock photo where it shows someone with a soldering iron hol- holding a soldering iron up to a motherboard, but yep. holding it by the, the the hot barrel, not by yeah. the handle. And I'm like, "Ouch! That's, that's definitely <laughs> that's not how you do it." That's a stock photo that most people won't get, but those who do will be like, "Ouch!" <laughs> <laughs> I have to wonder if they did it on purpose. So, uh, again, thank you for taking the time to be on the podcast today. I'm really excited. There's a lot of things that I want to talk about with you, but I'll give you a chance right now. Just tell us about yourself, uh, your interests, and how you got started in ham radio. All right. So, like you said in your in your epic inter- or epic introduction, I, I really like that. Um, I'm a 20-something. I'm actually 28 right now, so I'm old, my old side of 20s. Uh, Millennial Ham, who's really into the advocacy side of amateur radio towards the youth. And when I say youth, I'm talking like not just kids, but anywhere between somebody who is a kid, um, you know, like uh, seven, eight years old, all the way up to like 28, like me. Um, I think of it like if you're younger than the average age of hams, which is kind of a question mark, you're, you're young. And even if you are above that, 
you're young in mind, you're young at heart, I, I consider that youth. If you support the, the idea of, of, of sharing the passion of your hobbies with the young people, that's it. Um, besides that, I got my bachelor's in electrical engineering at Missouri University of Science and Technology, formerly known at University of Missouri at Rolla. It's a mouthful. Uh, Missouri S&T for short. And there, I I actually went there because of the ham radio club there, W0 Echo Echo Echo. And oh, I went okay. in undecided, and in my sophomore year, I declared electrical engineering, and so I played around with uh, electromagnetic compatibility labs. I got a, or I got a, um, a co-op and like an internship at a radio observatory, the Very Large Array in New Mexico. And now I have a full-time job in the aerospace industry doing RF engineering stuff. So living the dream there. Um, I really wish cool. I could do my hobby full time, but you know, it ham radio doesn't pay too well. But uh, RF that's, engineering that's about as close the, as you can get to yeah, uh, doing the, your hobby full time, right there. Indeed. So, and and I'm lucky to have a, a ham radio club on site at uh, at the company. So, not too far away, just a, across the parking lot. Um, it's closed right now because of COVID, but I'm still going into work and wearing a mask and and staying careful. And uh, well, that's that's kind of in in a nutshell. I got into ham radio kind of in a mysterious, unusual way. None of my parents were hams. None of my family or anybody I knew was a ham. I just stumbled across it um, because my mom had a police scanner that said ham, and I was always into like radio things like FRS and CB radio, and I'm just tinkering, like breaking electronics apart and seeing how they work. And it just kind of snowballed. And once I found out about ham radio and on that scanner, listened to one of my first, uh, the first time I ever heard a repeater, just hearing people shooting the breeze on, on a radio, it really like got my, caught my interest. And so, you know, the, the story kind of starts there and, and it, it hasn't ended yet. So I still got a lot more to do. I'm thankful that I've gotten into this pretty heavily in my, in my youth years, um, because uh, I always think like I'll have enough time to actually do ham radio when I'm retired. For now, I can like be an advocate and try to promote the hobby and, and publicize it and, and give a lot of people ideas of what to do to encourage young people to get into it so that when I retire, I actually have a hobby to come, I guess, yeah. to retire to. Actually right? have people that you can contest to. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty cool. <laughs> well, uh, let, let's see here. I... See that you're the co-founder of Youth on the Air America, or as you said in one of your videos, Youngsters on the Air. I, I don't know if that's synonymous. And also the president of the young mm-hmm. Youngsters of, on, no, I'm sorry. Young Amateurs, <laughs> young Radio, Amateurs Club. Radio Club. <laughs> Yark. Uh, when I first Googled Yark, I saw the Yonkers Amateur Radio Club. So I was like, well, I don't think he's from Yonkers, so. <laughs> yeah, we I found the youngsters. <laughs> um, and you have quite a YouTube, YouTube channel going on. Uh, like I said in the beginning, uh, I just saw that you started a new series and you're also pretty active on there. You're also on the YouTubers bunch, which is really cool. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, before I ask you about that, I wanted to play a quick clip of your teaser about your youth ham radio workshop series. Hey there YouTube, I'm Sterling in Zero SSC. Thanks for watching and if you haven't already, subscribe and hit the bell because you're not going to want to miss the series I have coming up. So we all know that ham radio is kind of an older gentleman's hobby and I think that's a problem. I've been really trying to get more young people into the hobby and to get more of this hobby into more young people because it's a STEM hobby and it has really 
fascinating career implications. Like the whole reason why I'm employed is because of ham radio. And so I kind of want to give back to the hobby. I run a YouTube channel. I do a lot of youth advocacy. Um, I used to be the ARRL youth editor. I was the last one before um, the editor left, who, who was my editor. Who, she left the ARRL and they had to remove a lot of columns, including mine. Which also removes so the this is uh, like is pretty cool. Position, it goes on shame. for a few minutes where you but talk about the uh, the, the goals and what you want to really focus on in your series. And I was just wondering, you know, how did you get this all started, and what are the goals in your YouTube channel? Yeah, that's a that's a good question. Um, it all started just kind of, I guess. What? How old was I? Maybe like 15, 16 years old. And it was just the thing to do at the time. Like I had a camera and it was natural to, to put your stuff out on the internet in, in what was it, 2007, 2008, 2009, et cetera, maybe 2010. I, I don't even remember <laughs> hardly, but like, and it was just like, I liked a thing and I wanted to put it on YouTube. So my first video was just me shaking the camera around my bedroom, which was my ham shack at the time, uh, giving everyone a tour. And then I just kept making more videos on on that riff, so making contacts and um, hitting DX and and learning CW and even some some other stuff sprinkled in, like washing the side of my parents' house with a pressure washer and this twenty foot pole. It was it's hilarious. And then when I got into college, I I even I upped the ante and and started making more like professional. I'm putting up my air quotes there, but like I mean, it's not really professional um because i'm not paid for it i was uh, i was a part of youtube adsense but i made about 700 dollars in the course of seven years so it's not mm -hmm. like you know i can i can retire on that or anything <laughs> but it did fund a subscription to adobe premiere so i could keep um using like modern tools for video editing but it was just i mean just a natural thing for a you know a person of my age on the internet to do everyone was doing it and it just seemed right uh, and I wanted to, at the end of the day, wanted to share the passion I had for the hobby and not necessarily for any goal or reason, just, just because why not? Um, video editing is just another hobby, I guess, but it, it has progressed. And since getting in with the YouTube bunch, I, I've started to see a more bigger picture, a bigger mission there. So I'm, I'm kind of re, uh, steering the ship towards a way that might help, my mission, if you will, to improve and increase the number of young people interested in ham radio and to have my YouTube channel as, excuse me, as a resource, not just for youth, but especially for the old timers and Elmers out there who, I don't know, maybe they don't right now have any idea how to get uh, their minds and their passion of ham radio into the minds and, and uh, hands of, of young people. It's, and it's, you know, a lot easier than you might think. So I put out, I'm doing that series right now, putting my ideas up out uh, out in the public to, sh to showcase ways that we can all encourage young people into the hobby. So mm -hmm. I guess in a nutshell, yeah, it's it's uh, it's just another hobby. It's a lot of fun um, for the, the YouTube thing. And, and in general, marketing and publicity, like it's been a surprising amount of, I've spent a, pr a surprising amount of time on, on doing things like that. Even though I'm an engineer by trade, it's almost like I should get a master's in business just for ham radio because... I'm spending so little time actually on the air and more and more time like creating content and writing blogs and doing that sort of thing to to kind of 
you could say push the agenda, but I don't want to be too politically divisive with that yeah. term. Yeah. Um, but uh, <laughs> just to get ham radio out there, um, because it needs to be, it needs like like Josh uh, Ki6naz uh, has said, like we need to make ham radio mainstream or just a normalized term yes. in the household, so that you know you don't think it's some weird thing your uncle does or. You know, if you're walking down the street with a handy talkie, you don't get the cops called on you because you're, you know, a terrorist. You, you mm-hmm. say, hey, is that a ham radio? Oh, I, I've heard about that. You know, that sort of thing. <laughs> be, be more friendly, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, right now, I think my, my kids think that I'm a weirdo with my, my ham <laughs> I've been told that uh, they think I'm talking to aliens. And if you ever listen to FT8, then that's what it sounds like, definitely. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Can you tell me a little bit about Youth on the Air America and how mm-hmm. that got started? You're the co-founder of the America side of it. Mm-hmm. And I always, in my ignorance, associated that as an international effort that, because I remember, I think it was the um, the Leo family, right? One of them was selected to go to South Africa, I believe. Mm-hmm. And so I thought Youth on the Air or Yoda was a uh, was more of an international ham radio effort. So tell us the America side to that. Sure. So Youngsters on the Air is where it all started. And that's where um, uh, the Leah, um, was it Hannah and Hope Lee? Or Hope, Hope yeah, the, the Lee, Lee uh, sisters and brother went there to South Africa. I also went to Austria in 2016. And that's where it all started is, is Youngsters on the Air back, I think, in 2011 or 2012 time frame. Um, which was created in the European Union. A, a group of friends come together and they started a working group inside the IRAU, the International Amateur Radio Union of Region 1, which contains Europe and Africa and parts of like uh, uh, Western Asia, uh, like, okay. like Russia and like the, um, I guess, former Soviet areas, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so that is, the, the youngsters on the air is strictly located in in region one of IRU, but there were no youth or youngsters on the air kind of uh, you could call them sections or or uh what do they have like like almost like a boy scout troop sort of thing they didn't have a similar kind of program in the the region two or region three so that's where i came in after 2016 i became inspired to share um and and basically recreate what they're doing in region one in region two and so that's why we call it Youth on the Air Americas. Uh, we switched from youngsters to youth just because of the cultural differences in the connotation of, of the word mm-hmm. youth versus youngsters. And we call it Americas because all of practically all of Region 2 is, is the Americas, not just North mm-hmm. America, but North and South America and Latin America. And, and so that includes Canada and Mexico and Brazil and the United States and everywhere in between. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you also have Yoda Region 3, which is still kind of bubbling up and, and starting up. Right now they have localized groups that are trying to form like their international like Yoda Region 3 type of thing. But uh, still, because COVID hit and all these things happened, and I haven't heard much about that. So I, I became the co-founder. Me and Sam Rose, KC2LRC, were the people select to go to in 2016. And I was on a podcast with Neil Rapp, WB9VPG, mm-hmm. the Ham Talk Live podcast. And he asked, like, what do we need to do to get this started? And I was like, I don't know. I need help. I need somebody who knows how to, like, start large <laughs> international pro- programs to get young people into, you know, camps and, and, and stuff for, for like, kind of like a summer camp type of thing. 
and right there he volunteered so he's been most of the he's done a 99% of the work, honestly. I'm just the pretty face behind it. He's been the, the muscles and, and, and brawn, like actually pushing it along, getting us insurance, getting us like all the appointments and stuff. And then boom, COVID dropped a bomb on it. So we've had to push that to 2021. So essentially mm-hmm. what it is, is a organization that creates a summer camp for young people age 15 to 26 so that we all come together and enjoy ham radio through workshops and presentations and activities, icebreakers, in order to make peers and lifelong friends from from these groups that continue on indefinitely and also splinter off into regional subgroups. Like, So you can imagine we can have one here in America or the U.S. and then we can have one in Brazil and Chile and, and Canada all over the place. Um, and, and so that's, that's what that is in a nutshell. It's kind of like confusing because there's youngsters on the air, Yoda, the youth on the air, then region two, mm-hmm. but think of it like IRAU region one, two, and three. Okay. Um, it's and that's, that's kind of where the, the domain of Yoda, uh, resides and there, there are three separate things for, for each, uh, for each region. If so that makes it, sense. it makes me think of kind of like a hamvention for, mm-hmm. uh, a younger age group. I mean, is that a fair yeah. comparison? Yeah, it's, because um, I, it's, I went to Pacificon. Like I've never been to Dayton, but Pacificon, I, I had a great time and I met a lot of people who I am in contact with even now. And, mm-hmm. you know, even one of those folks took me on a on a, my second ever soda hike. So, hmm. yeah, it's um, it sounds really cool. Are you guys going to produce the QSX of 2021? Uh, I don't know if you heard about that from the South America thing where everyone got excited about that kit and we haven't seen it since. I don't know right now. Well, so 2021, we had all these plans for 2020, uh, well, this year, 2020. Um, but since 2021 has come or, or since that's come and gone because of, of COVID, it kind of it's up in the air. Right now, the same camp is going to happen. It's going to take place in Cleveland at the Voice of America Museum. And we're involving mm. things like Dave and Buster's and the oh, King's okay. Island Amusement Park. And everywhere we go, we're bringing ham radios. There's also the Voice of America Museum, which is pretty cool. And all kinds of vendors and, and supporters like ICOM and, and House Sound and, and, and the like, you know, are bringing their, their coolest stuff for the young people to try out. And um, so, but with another year, we have all that room to plan. So who knows what could come up? <laughs> and so what about Yark? Youngster or Young Amateurs Radio Club. Uh, Tell me about that. Young Amateurs Radio Club, not to be confused with Yonkers Amateur Radio Club. Uh, And I I couldn't think of a better name, but uh, that was created by uh, David Mosden, KF1 Sierra Hotel Yankee, KF1 SHY. And he initially posted on Reddit, he said, I started this Discord for young hams in Long Island in New York, just just located in Long Island. And I'm like, you know what, why not? I, I just comment back, like, why not all young hams, like everywhere? And he's like, oh, okay, I guess. And so boom, that's how Yark started. So he just kind of shared a Discord link and people from all over the place started flooding in. It got up to about 1,500 people. Oh, wow. And and so like a real, like like an organization had to kind of come out of that so we could start being legit and, and be able to like, I guess, create, um, not just like have this Discord chat, but create like an actual organization for young hams that can that can have some, I guess, inertia and some clout, if you will. Mm-hmm. So I was I've only been the president for about, I don't know, a couple months now. I've been putting those duties like I should be doing more, put it that way. 
because I've right now the chat's just been going on going on like just great. It's a super healthy club, but uh, we used to have like a lot of these, a lot of different ideas, like the young, youth, youth contesting program. We've had a number of QSO parties, a number of nets and, and this and that. So once I get my button gear and stop doing so much YouTube, I have a lot of plans for Yark, <laughs> um, which I mean, just by itself contains the most young hams in one place that I can imagine. So you can you can imagine that kind of like, I, I, don't, want, I don't know if you gonna call it like, clout or, or power they have in like uh, modifying or not modifying but uh, uh rallying for the voice of of young people in amateur radio like a lot of a lot of us oms ask like what are young people doing these days what do they want to see what is this and that how do we find them and it's like well now i have an answer i can just send a poll out there and get the get the temperature get the feel of what young people are are feeling in ham radio mm-hmm. and and if there's one thing i've noticed uh, it's it's just like, you know, the old times, like people, young people who are into tinkering, into nerdy stuff that just stumble across ham radio. Some of them have, you know, their ham families. Some of them are just like me, which are just kind of ham orphans. Um, and, and they're just, just into it. And, and they really like that there is this place on the internet where they can all go and find people their age because it's, it's really hard to relate with the, the core demographic of, of, you know, older hams. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you know. So, and that's one of the problems I've always had too, is like, I like ham radio, but I never really like talking because I hear the same stuff. Like, what's the weather? What's my ailments? This and that, you know, I have this antenna. It's like, what, what, what can I talk about? Like Minecraft or like, <laughs> you know, other video games, or what can I talk about? Like girls and, and dealing with struggles in high school or stuff with my peer group. Like, yes, that should be a thing. Right. And, yeah. and so it is like, now it's a, now it's a thing. <laughs> and so that's kind of the, the premise of Yark. It's. 100% an online club, open and free to everyone to join, not just young people, but uh, mm-hmm. uh, and yark.world is their web website. That's that's cool and amazing. I, I didn't realize it was 1,000 plus, 1,500, you said? Mm-hmm. Plus, that's Yeah, there was, there was a, a time back in the day. So we had a little bit of club drama where we had to split the server into two um, because of, of, well, club drama. Um, but then it's, now it's down to 600, which is still a whole bunch. And cause mm-hmm. a lot of people, when they're on discord, they'll join and then they just kind of sit in the chat. They don't, they don't talk or even, even participate. So you can imagine it. There's a lot of people in there that are, that are not talking, but there's still like more activity than I can, you can possibly imagine. And so a lot of people come into the, into Yark discord and they're like, there's just too many people talking. There's too much stuff going on. And it's, it's kind of like it's how I feel hard. when, uh, I go into, Ashnasi's Discord sometimes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's hard to keep up, but like that's what, you know, young people are doing these days. That's they live their life on on the on chats like these and and they're just able to keep up somehow. I'm I struggle with it too. I don't know why they made me president. <laughs> hi hi. <laughs> but it's been fun and and we really like we have a group of people who are really visionaries, like who come up with really good ideas and a lot of programmers software engineers who've been creating bots and uh for like chat management and other like fun trivia type stuff and like creating websites and stuff for Mm -hmm. like contests and and events and programs like that so a lot of resources there yeah i have a running joke with some of my jerrynet friends that uh most ham websites get updated according to sun cycles (laughs) so a lot of the ham radio club sites that you go to looks like it was designed on geocities back in the late 90s mm-hmm. and uh yeah it's definitely something that would merge my world my professional world with with ham radio just getting more into computing writing bots writing uh and websites mm-hmm. <laughs>
I also wanted to hear more about the actual projects and activities that you're doing with some of the youth. I know that you've talked a bit about the initiatives and, and strategies around getting the organization moving. Can you give some examples of actual things that you're doing that are engaging the youth more and maybe mm-hmm. some ideas of how to get that going? If like in my case or in any Ham's case that you're just interested in, in sharing it and making it more interesting to the younger generation. Yeah, definitely. So besides Yark and, and Yoda, those are like the big, I guess Yoda is one of the big things. And then, and then Yark has been really great too, but I won't give the credit. Don't give the credit to me for, for Yark. That's all David's fault. <laughs> um, but I, I help move it along and, and keep, I, I basically act like a liaison for, you know, large activity. Like if I want to get uh, a contest out into the contest reflectors, or if I want to get like some funding or something like that for an activity, I, I know the people who who to talk to and, and how to get that, you know, started and rolling. So, but the other activities, like one of the things I've been doing lately is I've become uh, an IRAU reach into liaison for youth. So another word with liaison where I'm basically creating little pockets of what amount to YARC, um, but all over North and South America. Um, and in, in the interest of basically recreating that sort of uh, recipe all over the place, nice. uh, online communities of workshops and, and just chat and, and other things and, and localized geographically common areas with common language and, and that sort of thing. So imagine I have to somehow figure out how to speak both French, Portuguese and Spanish as well as, you know, work on my English because my English not so good. <laughs> and uh, I can talk fast. And sometimes I, I forget, like, people can't go a thousand miles an hour. So you're actually conversational in all these languages? Oh, no, no, no. no? I, I Soy hablo en muy poco español. Okay. Like, that's about it. <laughs> Wow. But, uh, yeah, no, I, I need to get better at it, but, uh, I, I don't need to really, there's, there's Google translate, so it should be fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, that, so with that, I'm, I'm trying to start up these instances, instances of Yark like online groups throughout the Americas. So as to create some, basically I want to see Yoda here in, in the Americas. So that isn't just centric to the U.S. Because we have YARC and we have to do things in, in America or the U.S. And rather, is super easy um, because of, uh, you know, because I have YARC. I have I have Yoda America or have the current Yoda America. We have Yacht as well and, and a number of other radio clubs out there. But in South America, excuse me, in Latin America, really, Mexico, all the way down to, to Chile and Argentina, the whole gamut. I have no idea what's going on down there. And maybe there's clubs and stuff down there. Imagine like what we think of, you know, what we really hear about from Japan. Japan's like a huge mecca for ham radio. But yeah. here in America, we hardly hear, ever hear anything about like what what are the clubs doing out there? What are the youngsters doing? Yada, yada, yada. Uh, and so I want to kind of pull that out of, of the mud and get that into like the public's view so that mm-hmm. more of those people who live in those areas in Latin America uh, can ge- be exposed to their peer groups as well. Um, so um, that's one massive initiative that I'm taking um, for that, and that's with the IRU as 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 a total. And it kind of all mixes together. Like there is a little bit of Yoda Americas, Yoda Region One, um, Yark, and IRU. So it's like kind of this nebulous thing. But uh, um, and I don't really know what I'm doing half the time. I'm just a, a pretty face who likes to write and talk. Um, and, yeah, you and, seem like, uh, to me, the PR guy of, yeah, you can of say. ham radio. 
just in general. I mean, yes, the youth focus, but definitely getting the word out. I think a lot of the news that I discover is from either your Twitter or from your blog. <laughs> it's, it's just, yeah. you'll write about something like, oh, I didn't even know that was uh, going on right now. Yeah, I, I follow like... I don't know, probably hundreds of RSS feeds from from across the world wide web of, of things and, and all the Twitters and all this and that. So I, I try to stay on top of things so that when things are developing, not just like gear and, and cool stuff or like the ISS repeater, but like little things like, I don't know, an 11 year old kid gets his extra exam or some, some, some other stuff like that. That is a really cool thing that has happened, especially if it has to do with youth and, and boost that up so that more people see it and, and which inevitably inspires something somebody out there to be like oh I, if he could do it i could do it too right yeah so yeah so and al- then, along the lines of of online clubs you have a huge online club currently uh what are your thoughts about that about virtual clubs versus you know the virtual clubs that are forming that are like slack based twitter discord youtube facebook versus traditional amateur radio clubs because when i originally heard of yark i thought it was a physical club in your locale and then I looked a little deeper and I realized, oh, it's actually youngsters everywhere. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. What do you think the, on that? I've, so online clubs have been a thing even before COVID, even before YARC. Like if you look at, uh, if you look at Facebook, when Facebook came around and there's the dog, <laughs> Facebook <laughs> came around, you have all these groups and, and I almost consider those clubs, but you know, you could, you could, uh, define it one way or the other. But, uh, when COVID hit, boom, like there's a huge need or a huge, like, thing for for the need for online clubs now we're thinking that the traditional clubs are now online clubs like no one's going to in-person meetings and and if they are hopefully they're socially distanced and wearing masks and everything um and and so all of our all of our club meetings here in st louis missouri are online through zoom uh we have our chats our email server and the repeaters as well everyone gets on and for a while we had like a really long uh, um, a, a wellness net and it might still be going but i haven't checked in for a while so even without COVID, I think these these clubs, every club should have an online presence of some sort because that just improves your ability to gain membership, which mm-hmm. improves your bottom line and, and improves our bottom line in, in terms of advancing the state of the art or advancing our, our knowledge base and, and that sort of yeah. thing. So um, are you part I of really, an actual traditional local mm-hmm. club there? Yeah. Yeah. The St. Louis Suburban Radio Club. Um, they meet mm-hmm. on Fridays, so I'm always doing something like this on Friday, uh, they're actually having a meeting in, uh, I think at seven o'clock on, on zoom. So on I'll be, zoom. I'll probably check in there a little bit and, and see what's up. Uh, and then I also have a, a club at my, uh, at my office at my company yes. too. Yeah. That's a, I guess a brick and mortar club, but that is now online as well. Uh, along with some, some other clubs out there like contest clubs. And, and you can even say like, uh, like, uh, the society Midwest contesters, Mi- Mississippi Valley DX, um, but I never go to those in person. I always just, I'm just there for like, the, you know, I follow up with the, I, I uh, what, what you say, like keep a, keep aware of what's going in the email space and their email reflectors just so, just so I can help out whenever there's a question I can answer or something like that. But I mean, I almost think that online is, isn't an option. And I've seen radio clubs here in St. Louis that have next to nothing or absolutely no online presence. There's, there is one that actually, they put on a pretty good ham fest, but if you try to look them up, they don't exist on the internet mm-hmm. and, and there's just no information and, and you have to know the right people to get in. And I almost <laughs> think they keep that on purpose. Uh, totally off it, the grid. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, 
but uh, but their membership is really like from what I hear has really dwindled because no one knows how to get into the club. No, there's no public uh, public information mm-hmm. except for the one time of year at their their Hemfest. So it can really um, be a detriment if you don't have an online presence because that's where people are looking for for the information. So hopefully that answers the question. Yes, definitely. Yeah, and online online clubs are the way of the future. I even, kind even of feel them. the same way. I mean, I I arrived at that conclusion that online is not an option through a roundabout way, just realizing, attempting to actually physically go to clubs or in the recent past, trying to join a Zoom of one of the clubs that's close by to me here, that yes, it's it's definitely moving that direction despite COVID. And I have my group of friends and we, we call ourselves a club now, even though we haven't made anything official about it, but just a place to interact, share information, get inspired, jeer each other, mm-hmm. <laughs> push each other forward, peer pressure each other by gear. Exactly. <laughs> like, like Steve says, moving ham radio forward. Yes. One of, one of the clubs that I've, well, it's not even a club. It's just kind of this informal gathering of, of almost all of the ARRL section management and, and field organization. And it's not sanctioned by the ARRL. It's just um, one day, Dan Marler, the, the section manager of Idaho, decided that he's going to put on these Zoom chats for, for the field organization. And that's that's ARRL section managers, the, the, the youth section coordinators, the ARIES, uh, emergency coordinators, everyone in, in the whole like kind of um, hierarchy of, of the ARRL field. So anybody who's in like a, a state, not, not the headquarters people, but they're obviously invited or, or the directors and stuff. And they go through and they, they basically have presentations directly for the, the the field organization that's applicable to them and that's what started my whole youth in ham radio series uh, because dan was like i need some ideas and he found me and, and emailed me and so you know in a matter of hours i smacked together some presentations and and created a whole six-week curriculum um which was pretty successful geared for the arrl field organizations so now i'm expanding that out but that's just another example of like an ad hoc like idea a program uh, just the proceedings of of just presentations that you want to give. And then afterwards, there's this massive Q&A. And because these are all leaders in ham radio, they're not just like your regular old hams. These are section managers and assistant section managers. They are like, they have questions. They have like some real discussion. And and it's really like cool to see that happening when there was nothing like that before, right? Um, Apparently the only way that section managers really coordinated or talked to each other was through email. And now they have Zoom and it's like, well, this is like a game changer. So, yeah. so think about that when it comes to like, if you have like a distributed club, you get all these amazing diverse viewpoints. And, and when you get all these leaders in one place, then then you yeah. really start changing things. Like, Super accelerated with the virtual conferencing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, switching gears here. Uh, what is your favorite gear? You know, I, I know recently I just watched the premiere of, of when you had uh, antenna that you were testing. And mm-hmm. your dog was tripping over the counterpoises and everything. It was uh, very amusing, but also educational. Mm-hmm. Um, tell me about your favorite gear. So I'm surprisingly not a gearhead at all. I I mean I love like I love gear. Ham radio equipment is some of the coolest like electronics, especially in the terms of when you come come at it from an electrical engineering perspective. Anything that deals with the radio is like consummate electrical engineering box. Like there is everything you can imagine inside a ham radio if you're an electrical engineer. Um, from power equipment to RF circuits to 
to just like digital systems and, and displays and, and input and output and all that stuff. So it's kind of, they're kind of amazing, but I've never really attached to any particular gear. I have a IC7300 and every antenna that I've ever owned, except for some of my VHF, UHF antennas is, is something that I made out of junk or, you know, homebrewed. Yeah. Uh, the, the antenna I, I debuted in that video is called the DX idiot. And that was, <laughs> that was, uh, inspired from the DX commander. Yeah. And, and just one night I was like watching a video from, um, Callum who makes the DX commander vertical. Like, why don't I just go out and make an antenna in my backyard? I have a lot of wire in my basement. I have a vertical pole, like a, like a, a push up uh, fiberglass pole. I can just make an antenna right now, get on the air. Cause somebody wanted to have a QSO. And so I did in, in a matter of like a couple of minutes, I, I took whatever hardware I had lying around and just like screwed with machine screws, uh, some copper speaker wire, like the, the Jerry KB, uh, KB six HQD uh, speaker wire antenna, but essentially yeah, made a 40 yeah. meter vertical out of it. And from that, you know, it's, it worked some DX. So I had to call oh, it the wow. DX idiot because it's an <laughs> idiot. Cause I'm tripping over the things as well. Not just the dog and, 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 it, and it's just funny. It's just like, here's like the, the most boiled down, like simple antenna you can make here. And then showing you like, okay, you can make contacts with that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and it was, it was fun. And it was, it's kind of an eye opener. Like you can make stuff like that out of junk yeah. uh, that you just have lying around. So, and, and in terms of real gear, like, I don't know, I just have kind of a hodgepodge of equipment. Um, I, I raided a lot of uh, ham fests over the years, so I'd have a bunch of junk lying around. I don't have any vintage, really, yeah, no vintage rigs um, to speak of. I, I donated whatever I got donated to the Ham Radio Club at Missouri S&T uh, in terms of uh, vintage gear because they like that stuff more. Um, and I have no amplifier, so I just run 100 watts. And if I need some power, I, I have a subscription to Remote Ham Radio because you know they, yeah. they persuaded me. Yeah. And uh, so then I can work like contests and stuff because I have a pretty loud noise floor here at home. And that's why I also really love portable operating. So yeah, that was going to be my market. next question. Yeah. I mean, your favorite locations, uh, and I was going to ask you if you do soda, if you do poda, and portable operations. Uh, you were one of the members of the Pacifico, uh, Josh's Pacifico trip, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So tell us about your favorite locations. So I'm also not a great Poto or Soda operator. I've only activated two peaks, I think. I think one officially, but the other one I didn't get enough contacts. And then I've I've only done my first Poda. Well, my first Poda was, was Castlewood State Park, but I've done national parks on the air uh, when that was a thing a couple of years back. But uh, that is my favorite kind of operating style is out in, in, the, in a field, in a park, in a, at a campsite, something like that. I, every Missouri QSO party, I go camping out in some remote county uh, so we can get the county on the air. Sometimes I go out with Kyle AA0Z, who, back, going back to him, he's also the St. Louis Suburban Club president at the time. And he does a lot of radio stuff and also has a YouTube channel and, and all that. So it's a lot of fun. And I just love doing that because the noise floor is super low and it, and it inspires me to try to learn Morse code. And that's some, one of my big objectives. And, and if you watch my YouTube for any length of time, you'll see I have a massive series of me trying to learn it while live, like in a live stream. Oh, yeah. And, <laughs> and it, was, it was really fun. Like I, I laugh at myself when I screw up and, 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 uh, and I learned pretty well how to do Morse code. But I am uh, a terrible operator because I don't get on the air that much. <laughs> so I'm, the, the going portable is, is an incentive to get on the air. Yeah. And just because it's it's fun to be outside, especially at this time of the season where, you know, we've kept the windows open for two weeks straight. It's like never gotten above 80 degrees here in St. Louis. And 
well after you know the whole hot summer of like 100 degrees straight for weeks on end so it's nice um yeah the listeners can't see it here on the zoom call but you have i what i think is a back scratcher propping up your your window right yeah. there <laughs> yep yep because <laughs> it's and. a hundred year old house and <laughs> some of the windows are missing the uh the counterweight so if i got yeah. rid of the back scratcher it would <laughs> it would fall down yeah but it's good uh, that you say that getting portable is a way to really force you to mm-hmm. get out there and, and operate and practice cw do you do any digital mm-hmm. yeah uh, definitely um do. i definitely i think i do more digital than anything um ft8 mm-hmm. in the backyard especially because my noise floor is so high it's it's just something i can throw up the dx idiot and get the computer out plug it into the 7300 and mm-hmm. i i don't have like i actually do not have a 12 volt power supply besides the the jury rigged hp server supply so i don't have like oh, a yeah. legit well i do actually i have a three amp supply but that's not enough it's, uh yeah. so i just use a battery and i just plug it in and and boom work uh that's work your FTA. uh that's another memorable video of yours was the, <laughs> yeah. the hp power supply i immediately went on and by the time i went on you said it was 12 dollars, right or eight dollars i forget what you said i got mine for 17. oh okay because I, I, I found one for I think thirteen ninety five on eBay. Yeah, it's it's crazy how cheap they are, and they they yeah. provide oodles of power. It's and it so it's like kind of almost dangerous <laughs> the way I did it and like drilling the holes through the PCB. I wouldn't recommend that. They yeah. they make actual like slide on modules that break out for graphics cards, mm-hmm. um, and and they're really popular in the the Bitcoin mining industry, I guess, because you can get a lot of graphics cards um, running off of one of those power supplies with to mine Bitcoin, but maybe that's why they're they're so and they're so ubiquitous because every server in America and in the world like uses one of those and they have a, a, a shelf life and once they get old uh, they are no longer they, they still work once they get to a certain age but they have to like get rid of them and, yeah. and so that's why I guess why they put them on the market and why they're so cheap yeah I have and, I have mine still it's sitting on the shelf gathering dust but I have to mod it to go to 13.8 mm-hmm. so that I can uh, possibly use it for charging my lithium iron phosphate batteries. Oh, yeah, yeah so. that's another, the RC industry loves them too because they, they provide so much current for charging tons of bats. But I was thinking I, if ever I get an amp, might use that. <laughs> <laughs> that would yeah. be that would be a good power source. It puts so much uh, amperage through it. It's just amazing. I think it's something like yeah. 60. Yeah, that you can it's get crazy. There. And I think one of my one of my next like big big things I want to do is put a beam antenna on my roof. But I've been mulling over it because of uh, like you know Hoshnasi style. But since I have such a high noise floor in my environment, I one of the other to answer to answer your question is one of my other favorite locations to operate is remote. You know, using somebody else's radio because then mm-hmm. you have like you get opened up to like big giant stations and very low noise floors. And so I use remote ham radio as well as remote hams, as well as like, I know a few people who just share their team viewer logins for their, um, their ham radio sites on, on around, you know, forums and stuff, uh, from friends and whatnot. And, and I really want to get like my parents house on the air. And then in zero AX is one of my friends, Ward Silver. He has a, a contest station in Steelville, Missouri on top of a hill, like miles away from any infrastructure and, and other, other, any kind of structure at all. And so it's super quiet there and we're planning on remoting his station so that I can sit here and click a button and start DXing. So, yeah, yep. that's pretty cool. How far away are your parents and they have a better noise floor, I imagine. Yeah. They're just outside of St. Louis and in, in Warrington, Missouri. Mm-hmm. And, uh, they are in a little bit of a Valley, but if I get a tall enough tower, <laughs> yeah. it shouldn't be a problem. 
I'm uh, really like I think my next video ser- set is going to be putting antennas in the air with like balloons and drones and kites and stuff. Yes. And I've seen a lot That's of people so make cool. videos about that. Um, but I want to try to do like a soda activation on 160 meters. And the only oh, way to yeah. really feasibly do that is like with a balloon or like a drone or something. So you can get that antenna high enough. Get the drone up and, uh, uh, 300 feet. Yeah. <laughs> An infed on 160. Yeah, that no problem. That would be awesome. I would love yeah. to see a video of that. Nobody steal my idea out there. <laughs> so uh, anything you're building right now or any projects you have planned? Coming up? Well, yeah, I just uh, I just um, let the cat of the bag on on that project there. But uh, other than that, I'm not building anything right now. I think the YouTube bunch or, or some people from the YouTube are, are planning on doing some uh, on a build of uh, of some more kits. I like I like kit building, so buying a set of excuse me, buying a set of gear and uh, um, soldering it together and, and then putting it on the air something simple right winding some toroids is, is really cathartic and and you know almost like meditation <laughs> um but uh, i have like the just a box full of broken radios like my ic746 is still broken so um i've been wanting to get into more radio repair and once i am finished paying off student loans and start saving up money i need to buy like an oscilloscope and a spectrum analyzer and a power supply like a lab grade power supply and and start to like actually debug and fix some of these things because i mean that's how i really got started is is with broken equipment like i just find in the dumpster and and put it put it back together and this is anything from test equipment to to like computer monitors and, and whatnot so uh i think that'll that's on that's on the the backlog for now but I'm I'm lazy when it comes to that. Like I said, I spent all this time doing the the marketing, <laughs> excuse me, the marketing and pub, pub, publicity side of <laughs> of ham radio that uh, that I have little time for real ham radio, if you will. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, it, it's understandable, and I definitely appreciate the the level of marketing, for lack of a better word, that mm-hmm. that you're devoting to all of this because it it definitely gets the word out, and it's it's uh, very very prevalent nowadays with uh, with Josh's call to normalize ham radio. I'm seeing a lot of people just pick up the baton and really get out there. So thanks for that. Mm-hmm. Keep doing it, it's man. My pleasure. You, you yeah, still I, have I love uh, it. it's you still have maybe another forty years to become a true right. I, OM, I got a lot right? of time. If I if I mess up, then I can just start over because you know life. <laughs> Life is life is a long long spot of time, so I imagine I can get a little bit done in that in that amount of time. Yeah, uh, until I retire. But like the whole idea, like going back to the beginning, is hopefully ham radio still exists when I retire, so I have something fun to do. Otherwise, I'll have to get into like I don't know, Neuralink or um, virtual reality because it'll be <laughs> twenty eight twenty eighty by the time that happens. So, good grief. Yeah. Who knows what come, is going to come around the corner in the future? So, and that's the other thing, like trying to make sure the ham radio stays relevant, and that we like when things are advancing, like virtual reality. Um, when I hear about virtual reality, I think, what can we do with ham radio? And and if you have ever heard of um, uh, Jerry Ellsworth, she's uh, yes. the founder of Tilt Five, which is a virtual re- uh, virtual uh, reality platform. That's like mm-hmm. a reflective bench. Um, our table with uh, you know, use uh, uh, um, VR goggles to basically see like a game board mm-hmm. in in 3D and it's really trippy when you when you put them on. But like she's a ham and so she has these massively cool ideas of of how do you integrate ham radio into something like that. If it's if it's some kind of game in ham radio or if you transmit these information bits by via ham radio stuff like that mm-hmm. that really keeps ham radio at the the relevancy point of of whatever the time is. You know, 
It's at the bleeding edge in that case. Yeah. Yeah. The other question I've been asking a lot of people is how has COVID and the shutdown affected your ham radio operation? You'd think that now that COVID hit, like when the pandemic started, you would have, you would start to be just, you'd have so much downtime. And, and I did, we did watch some TV and, and chilled out for a while. And because of the nature of my work, I still have to go into the office and, and in person, which is, uh, well, you know, <laughs> a lot of people got furloughed or, or lost their job. So I'm really yeah. fortunate that, you know, have, have kept a job. So, um, but, but then things started changing. Um, I got too bored at home. So that's when like all of these, you, this YouTube inspiration started bubbling up. All these virtual ham fests started coming out of the woodwork because all the ham fests are canceled. So it's, only has increased my activity in, in ham radio, both operation and the, I guess, marketing and publicity side of it. Mm-hmm. Um, because I have more time and, and fewer like obligations like traveling. Cause before COVID my wife and I were, were like jet setters. We were, we were, there wouldn't be like more than a few weeks without going to, I don't know, Disney world or some other state or some other country because you know, we're, we're young people and we need to fly places before we, you know, settle down and, and, and see the world. Right. Yeah. So since that's, that's on pause, now we're just going to parks and we're hanging out and we're doing house activities and, and then I'll just have enough time, have a lot of time left over for ham radio. And so it's been really, really increasing it, especially, um, I've also been a part of the remote, uh, uh testing, pr- um, uh, pr- initiative to get tests, uh, to t- uh, proctored via the internet on, yep. on zoom. I was a, a writer, a process writer, and and a, I guess a helper in in that initiative. So that was a lot of, a lot of fun, and it really turned out to be something hugely successful in terms of you know making sure that we keep our licensing numbers up and up and up in throughout the pandemic since we can't have in person test sessions um, when we can I guess but you know with all these restrictions and so it's really put a damper on that. But I think with remote testing we've really kept it up. Um, so it'll be interesting to see like the data in the future. You know, if you look at this blip of ham radio licensing at this point in time, we know that curve has been going up for several years. Um, but I wonder how COVID's either gonna is it gonna dip or is it gonna increase because more and more people are either you know getting into it because of prepping because they realize oh they're not ready for the SHTF sort of scenario or they just want to get into it because it's fun or mm-hmm. heard about it on Reddit or someplace. You know. Yeah. And I, I'm seeing that a lot of people are realizing this sequestered life is is manageable and we can adapt to it. And what has started with the uh, Greater Los Angeles uh, Amateur, I forget what the rest of their, <laughs> the GLARG, mm-hmm. and the remote testing efforts has revealed is that we are okay with remote testing and it will probably be a staple even after restrictions are lifted, I imagine mm-hmm. it will be the way that many people become hams. And mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. And the there's, there's no replacing set. it for yeah. sure. Yeah. It's, uh, it's augmenting it. And, and I mean, if, if it was up to me, I would have rather have done mine online because I'm a pretty shy introverted person, believe it or not. And, uh, I know a lot, a ton of hams, especially in York, especially young hams who are also, you know, in the shy introverted, like don't, don't really want to like, meet people but having that option available for them as well as just accessibility 
because um, this all started, I mean, the, the Anchorage Amateur Radio Club had it, had started it a while back for uh, proctoring exams way out in the remotes, uh, remote boonies and, and proctoring yeah. them for people who can't physically make it to a test session. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we just expanded on that to bring it to everyone since no one can really physically make it to a test session now. So, and even, even when the pandemic is over, it, it'll, it'll stay. It might go, might be fewer remote test sessions, but it still will always be an option because we've proven the the procedures and, and processes and, and Richard Bateman, KD7BBC, is, has been working tirelessly on improving the um, how how the exams are given and, and trying to open it up to more people per session so that it can be almost a, a one-to-one kind of thing from going from in-person to, to remote. Yeah, really cool. Mm-hmm. Do you have any advice for people on how to participate in more youth on the air initiatives? Mm-hmm. So most of my advice is for the the older hams out there and 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 who who don't consider yourself precisely youth like um, or or new ham. You know, if you're you're an experienced ham, is is to support these programs that are out there supporting young people. So even like the ARRL supports does a lot of stuff for young people from their ARRL foundation, education and technology um, institute or research and um, fund, uh, and a whole other number of things here in Percy Maxim award for the, like the a young person who's like done a lot of, a lot of, you know, great things in, in ham radio, um, support those people, support Yark, uh, support Yoda, support, um, support these, these groups because those are the futures of ham radio. And I don't necessarily mean like just give them money. I mean, um, we could always use it, but that's not really what we all need. <laughs> um, we do need uh, more members and more support and, and just more like awareness that uh, young people are interested in ham radio and if we don't make it exciting or, or friendly, if we don't make ham radio a friendly place for, for young people, yeah. then uh, then we're doomed. <laughs> yeah, so, exactly. Um, and, and, and all of this stuff's online. So Yoda uh, has a um, Region 1 website at ham-yoda.org. And then Youngsters on the Air, or Youth on the Air in the Americas is youthontheair.org. Mm-hmm. Yark is yark.world, Y-A-R-C, uh, dot world. Uh, and then, I don't know, you could probably, um, if you go to my website, n0ssc.com, I kind of like hold everything there. I also want to shout out to the Illinois Young Hams Club. That's I-L-Y-H.org, uh, I think. Let me fact check that. <laughs> yeah, I-L-Y-H.org. Um, and they're one of the spinoffs of Yark that is located mostly to the state of Illinois, but they're like really like going uh, forward in terms of like, advancing their presence and creating programs and stuff. So one of those grassroots things that just kind of like magically organically happens. So um, check all them out and, and whatever you do, you know, subscribe to my channel. Yes. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, but, it. I mean, but really though, like um, yeah. there, there are a number of young, young people doing YouTube uh, and ham radio out there. So just, just watch them, watch us on, on YouTube. Um, if you watch me on YouTube, you'll know where to find others. And, and um, the YouTube bunch shares a, a long list of subscriber of uh, ham radio YouTubers that uh, you can subscribe to if you don't know who to subscribe to. Yep. Um, and, and go check us out. We're always doing our Monday and Thursday night ham radio. So yeah, um, if you're if you're a ham and you subscribe to one of us, you'll get t- billions of notifications of all of us, <laughs> all of our uh, videos doing <laughs> yep. uh, going live. So. A lot of the time I can't uh, join in the premieres and streams because I'm in meetings at work, but Mm. definitely enjoy hopping in when I can. Mm -hmm. We'll need to find a time where we can uh, premiere for you. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, 
don't want to keep you from your check-in. And I see your cat has joined you. Yep. <laughs> Thank you very much, Sterling. Uh, anything else you want to mention or plug? Um, well, I don't know. I, I could go on for hours, and, and I'm sure I'm forgetting things and, and forgetting to um, acknowledge the, the, the people in, in my life who have really helped out. Um, but uh, who, whoever's listening out there, you know who you are. Thanks a lot. And thank you, uh, Dennis, for bringing me on and, and allowing me to blab my mouth for a while about, <laughs> about no, him. This is it's, it's my favorite pastime. This is great. And I, I thank you for all the work that you're putting into really getting our hobby publicized and, and relevant mm-hmm. and in front of youngsters. Or I guess that's not, that's the European connotation, the youth, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Thank you. Either or. Yeah, no problem. It's, it's my pleasure. Thank you. 7-3, man. Catch you online. 7-3. Once again, you've been listening to Hamdom Thoughts by 8060M. Thanks a lot for listening, and we'll catch you again next time.